Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Well, if you received my email blast, you know what today's topic is. And so I will begin with this question. Is there a difference between doubt and unbelief? Do not respond. Just think about it. Is there a difference between doubt and unbelief? Dr. Warren Wearsby says, yes, there is a difference. He says that doubt is a matter of the mind. If you have a note guide, this is a great time to start filling in some of those blanks. We provide that, by the way. You can pick them up on your way in, whether it's into the building on the west or east side or into the uh, worship center, at the little tables that are out there, and that just kind of helps you to follow along with what's being taught and gives you a record of it when you go home. Doubt, it's a matter of the mind. It is all about failing to understand what God is doing or why he is doing it. Uh, Unbelief, on the other hand, he writes, is a matter of the will. We refuse to believe God's word and to obey the things it asks us to do. As you can see, there's quite a bit of difference between doubt and unbelief. So as I look at that, I'm in full agreement with what he has written. I think that that is absolutely spot on, which leads me then to say that doubt is natural. It is normal and it is to be expected even in the life of a Christian. Looked up in the Bible to find out some of the heroes of the faith. Did they suffer from doubt? They absolutely did. Moses, Elijah, Jeremiah, the Apostle Paul. I have the references there on your note guide. You can go home, look those passages up, and you can see that those men, while actively serving the Lord in great ways, experienced doubt. Oswald Chambers, who is the author of My Upmost for His Highest, wrote this, that doubt is not always a sign that a man is wrong. It may be a sign that he is thinking. Yeah. He's thinking, weighing it out, trying to understand. Today's message from the Gospel of Luke finds the forerunner of the Messiah, John the Baptist, battling against doubt. There were some things that were going on that he was observing. There was also some things that were not going on that he was not able to observe because they weren't happening. And both of these were causing him to begin to doubt if Jesus was in fact the Messiah. So I invite you to turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 7. We'll be looking at verses 18 through 28 this morning as we consider this topic, Are You the One? Are you the one? We find beginning with verse 18, these words, the disciples of John reported all these things to him. And John calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord saying, are you the one who's to come or shall we look for another? And when the men had come to him, that is came to Jesus, they said that John the Baptist has sent us to you saying, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Straightforward question. Uh, Verse 21 is so interesting, though. In that hour, he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind, I could use that healing right now, Lord, on uh, many who were blind, he bestowed sight. 
He didn't actually say anything about that, did he? About the question. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. That's a really interesting statement. We'll come back and look at that in a little bit. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. He asked them, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing uh, and live in luxury are in king's courts. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes. I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, now this is, now he's already quoted that. Now Jesus is speaking from himself again. I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So as we come to this point in time, uh, in the life of John the Baptist, He has been arrested, and he is awaiting his fate in prison. If we go back to Luke chapter 3, verses 19 through 20, it tells us how and why John is in prison. The short story is this. Herod Antipas, a regional leader, was somewhat a fan of John's. But when Antipas took Herodias, his brother's wife, as his own, John took a very bold and outspoken stand against that that action. This infuriated Herodias and she demanded his death because Antipas was somewhat of a fan of John's. He tried to put it off as long as he could and he did for approximately about a year. But eventually Herodias got her way and we find as we study the scripture that John was beheaded. That's found in Matthew chapter 14 verses 3 through 12. Now that's what ultimately happened to John the Baptist but Where he's at today, this passage where we just finished reading, uh, he's languishing in prison. And some of his disciples have joined in with the disciples of Jesus, and they've been coming back to John and visiting him and telling him, these are the things that are going on. They also are telling him some of the things that are not going on, and these reports then give rise to some doubt in John's heart. We talk about John experiencing doubt we find then that his confidence was shaken but you know john was not always doubtful in fact he's the one that boldly proclaimed to the masses that jesus is the promised messiah luke chapter 3 verses 15 through 17 we find this taking place in john's life the narrative begins as the people were in expectation they were expecting the messiah And all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ. He was giving off a lot of signs that kind of made him look Messiah-like. And so they're wanting to know, are you the one? John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming. 
the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Hold on to that. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And now take note of these next two uh, statements. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. I'm going to come back to that again. We'll come back to a lot of things it looks like here today. So that's the statement he gives to the masses who are asking, are you the Christ? No, I'm not. But he tells them some things that will be true of the Messiah when he shows up so that they might be able to better recognize him when he comes. And that's what that's been all about. Now, if we go to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 34, we find it recorded there that the very next day, John identifies this one who is greater than I because he did not identify him the day before. So let's look at that. John chapter 1, beginning with verse 29. The next day... After saying all those things, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a a man who ranks before me because he was before me. But John was born first. He was conceived first. He was born first. But he's saying Jesus came before him. I myself did not know him. But for this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. He he said, this is true. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he, God, the father who sent me to baptize with water said to me on whom you see the spirit descend and remain. This is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. Wow. Let me ask you this. How can you get any more definitive than that? You have God the Father. You have God the Spirit confirming Jesus' identity as the promised Messiah. And if anyone knew that who was human, it was John the Baptist because he received those testimonies personally. So with all of that evidence, we have to ask ourselves the question, what happened? What happened? How did John go from rock solid to jiggly jello. Well, it all goes back to what he said before he actually identified Jesus as the Messiah. It all goes back to what he said the Messiah would be doing when he arrived on the scene. There are three things that John prophesied would be the agenda of the Messiah. We just read it. He said that he would baptize people with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He also said that the Messiah would gather the wheat into his barn. The wheat there, wheat, the word wheat is is, is symbolic of the righteous. That the Messiah would begin uh, gathering the righteous around himself. And then John said that the Messiah would burn the chaff 
with unquenchable fire. The word chaff there is symbolic of the unrighteous, that when the Messiah comes, he's going to gather the righteous to himself, and he is going to rain down judgment on the unbelieving world. The popular thought among the Jews in that day, and it's something that John the Baptist was actually furthering with some of his preaching, was that the Messiah would not only be a religious uh, leader, but he would also be a national deliverer. He, he, he would, he, it's like the po- politics, so to speak. He, he's going to deal with what's going on in the ruling and reigning of the kingdoms of the world. So they're thinking in their mind that when the Messiah comes, this is what he's going to do. He's going to avenge the righteous. And in the minds of the Jews of that day, when you say the righteous, you, were, you might as well have been saying the Jews because that's the way they saw themselves. We are the chosen people of God. We are the righteous. We are the ones waiting on the coming of the Messiah. So when the Messiah comes, he's going to avenge the righteous because the righteous right now are under the thumb of Rome. They're being mistreated. They're being marginalized when they should be, in their minds, the ruling class of the world. So the Messiah is going to avenge the righteous. He's going to punish the wicked. Well, in their mind, the wicked was anyone who's a Gentile. If you haven't converted over to Judaism or you weren't born as a Jew and part of that system, then you're a Gentile. And as a Gentile, you are part of the problem of this world. And God, through his Messiah, is going to rain down his fury upon them. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.